Thank you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church, Dundalk. Anyone glad they made it to church this morning? Amen. That's like my like my beautiful wife there. I just want to thank you guys for all the visitors coming forth. This is a an exciting day for, for our church, but it's a really exciting day for, for Kimberly and myself. I'm telling you, church, this is our first official baby dedication service. The first official one in Dundalk, Ireland. I'm telling you, I have been so excited waiting, waiting and waiting for this day to come. Amen. You say, I'm talking, I'd, I'd say it's been years we've been waiting for this. Years we've been waiting for this. We, we started a church here, and there wasn't one child running through this congregation. Not one. Amen. And this has been Kimberly and I. This has been our, this has been our goal. Even for years before we came here, Lord, we had a desire for children to be running through the sanctuary, hearing, hearing babies crying in the middle of the service and, you know, seeing people get irritated with it. You know, see, you know, having, having the herd of kids going upstairs, having a powerful youth group. Amen. Training up a next generation. Amen. To release the kingdom of God into this land, to change this city. Amen. To, to pick up the torch where we leave it off. I'm telling you, church, this is so exciting. It's so exciting. I mean, we got loads of kids running around here, and it, it is amazing. You know, I think it was Nicola that brought it up this, yeah, it was probably almost a year ago. We've been trying to have this for about a year. Amen. About a year we've been trying to have this baby dedication, but glory to God, glory to God, we finally get to have it. So when you see, when you see this service take place, not all of them are going to be we little infants anymore. Amen. There's going to, there'll be some that are toddlers, some that are running around and some that, that just decide, you know what? We haven't done this before and we're going to do it. Amen. And I'll tell you, that's amazing. That's amazing. And I'll tell you, any of you wives out there, if your husbands are acting like a child, you can send them on up to and we, we will dedicate them to the Lord as well. Yeah. I'm talking to you, Phil. We will dedicate you as well, brother. Amen. Amen. Why? Because God is that good. Amen. And this, this is, a, this is an important, uh, important time. I'm thankful. I'm thankful to be able to do it. But I, I was praying. I was praying and seeing what direction the Lord would have us to go today. Because, you know, we've been, any of y'all that are, have been in the church, we are, we've been teaching on the Holy Ghost and receiving the Holy Ghost and, you know, kind of being spirit-led and all these kind of things. And it's like, Lord, do you really want to do this right in the middle of that series? Amen. But I couldn't get a release to go any other direction except for the direction that we are about to go. Amen. And it's a... Uh, um, I'd say it's probably going to be maybe a little bit different of a direction than, than maybe some of you have gone. I don't know how many of y'all have been to baby dedication services, but at least the way we do it in the States and the ones I've been over to here, you may have five, you may have 10, you may have 15 minutes dedicated to it. But I, I'm telling you, the Lord wanted to dedicate this whole service to it. He wanted to be wholly just set apart for children and for families and to, you know, to prepare us up for what, for what the Lord is having to do. Amen. He wants us to reverence these things. How many of y'all know that, that dedicating things to God, making vows unto God, there's something serious. Amen? It's not just something, oh, we'll go check that box. We had a child. Let's go ahead and dedicate it. Oh, it's Sunday morning. We'll go to church. We'll check that box. Listen, church, we got to get rid of this mentality that we have. We need to start taking things seriously for what God has for us. Amen? I mean, reverencing the things of God needs to come back into his church. Amen? See, one of us, we wonder why the church is so weak nowadays. I'm telling you, because we have no reverence for him. We have no honor. We have no honor. Amen for the things of God. And these things have to change. 
Amen. They have to change. If we, if we want to look like the book of Acts church, amen, we got to start acting like them as well. Amen. Reverencing God is not old fashioned. I mean, how many of y'all know that? I mean, reverencing the things of God, it's not old fashioned. Amen. It's something that we need to be doing. It's something we need to get back into the habit of doing and allowing, allowing it to operate in our lives. Amen. Ah, hallelujah. You know, Brother Hagen, Brother Hagen said years ago, I guess it was back in the 90s, you know, some people, some people walked up to him. They said, you know, Brother Hagin, why are there not healings taking place like mad, like they used to happen back in the, in the healing revival, the healing movement back in the U.S.? And this would have been in the 40s and the 50s and the 60s. Why, why, aren't, why aren't they people just getting healed? Because listen, back in these days, you know, people were lined up out on the streets trying to get into the church. They were lined up. They'd bring in wheelchairs. They'd bring in beds. You know, ambulances were coming, dropping off people. I mean, it was amazing the things that God was doing. It was amazing. You know, and in the 90s, they came and said, well, why aren't these things happening now? You know, that didn't mean that no healings were taking place. It's just like it does now. We have healings taking place in this church. There's healings in the, in the church in general nowadays, but it's nothing like it was in these days. He said, why? Why is it? He goes, oh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. And what they do, they got out a little pad of paper, you know, getting ready to write because, you know, Brother Hagin was fixing to give something amazing. You know, what's the formula to where we can get all these healings, you know, working back in the church again? And he said, it's simple. The church doesn't reverence God anymore. Hmm? I'll let that one sink in for a second. Probably the greatest prophet in the 20th century. Why, why aren't these healings taking place like mad? Why, why aren't their lines still lined up and people, you know, coming in to receive, receive the things God has from them? Because people don't reverence the things of God anymore. They don't honor them. We reverence work. We reverence family, you know, but we don't reverence the things of God. Amen. These things have to change. Amen. They have to change. I don't know. I know when we start talking about these things, church, I know, I know it's not popular. Amen. I know, I know it's not popular to talk about. Amen. Because we start, we got to start looking here. Amen. But if you, but if you want, if you want the church to blow up, if you want, if you want the kingdom of God to look like what we believe God for what we sing in songs, what, what, what the Bible says that we ought to be looking like. Amen. We're going to have to get back to reverence in him. Amen. If you want signs and wonders following you when you're walking down the street, I'm telling you, you're going to have to begin to reverence him. Amen. If you, if you want, if you want to walk in power and authority of the living God, I'm telling you church, it begins with reverencing him. Amen. If you want his goodness, his kindness, his love to be completely fulfilled through you church. If you want to, if you want to affect the four corners of this earth, not just your household, amen, but the four corners of this earth, I'm telling you, we are going to have to get back to that place where we begin to reverence him. We got to get to the place where we reverence him. I mean, it's kind of hard for us to, to go to the four corners of the earth when we're, we're so ill-equipped even to, to speak into our neighbors, to reveal his goodness to our neighbors, to reveal his goodness into our own children. Amen? I mean, what, what, what are we valuing today? What, what do we value in this culture we live in nowadays? I'm telling you, we need to start valuing the kingdom of God again. Amen? Amen? Now, don't get mad at me when I start talking like this because I'll give you plenty of opportunity probably to get mad at me today. Amen? Because I know when we say these things, it starts, it starts, you know, it makes you look inward. Amen? You start looking inward like, and, and we start paying attention. Notice, you know, not everything that we've done is perfect. Amen? And I'll, I'll be the first one to, to vouch for it. Not everything I've done has been perfect. Many of them have been far from it. Even, even raising up my children, not everything's been perfect. 
Amen. But we need to heed instruction. We need to hear what the Holy Ghost has to say. Amen. So we can get things shifted back into in the way that Jesus wants us to go. Amen. I mean, because I'm going to tell you something. If our children are not serving God, man, they're, they're in a bad position. They're in a bad, a bad position. If they're not lit on fire, I'm telling you, they are in a bad position. And what do we need to do? We need to start examining ourselves. Because see, our, this is the example of why they're not doing it or why they are doing it. Hmm? And if our kids aren't lit on fire, we need to look at our own example. What, what, what have we been leading our children to? What are we showing them that what's important? Hmm? I, to, I told you I'm going to give you some opportunity to get irritated. Amen? Because these are things serious. I mean, this, this is our family. This, this is a family. You know, we ought to be able to be honest with one another, right? I mean, we ought to be able to be honest, amen, and, and allow God to operate and move in our lives, amen? I'm telling you, I know, I know children. I know, I know children. I know the younger generation, they, they have the opportunity to, to make their own decisions, amen? I mean, but it is our job to present them with the word. It is our job as parents, as, as a church body, to lead people, to lead these young ones in the ways that they should go. I'm telling you, it is our job. It's not only our job to make sure our children get into church. It is our job to make sure the presence of God changes them. Amen? I and mean, we got to reveal the presence of the living God to our children. We, we have to do these things. These, these things are serious. We have, we have to allow them to see the reality of God's goodness. Amen. See, this, this is what stops them from running away. This is what stops them from, from deciding, you know, I'd rather go hang out in the pub and watch a football match than, than get into the presence of God. Because I'm telling you, just one taste, church. Just one taste that will change people forever. It changed me forever. All it takes is one. But we've got to give them the opportunity to do these things. Amen. And it takes over and over and over. Just like, just like a sister said earlier, you know, you know I'm just I believe in God for this healing. You know what? I'm going to keep believing God. I'm going to keep getting prayed over. I'm going to keep you know, allowing these things to take place until it manifests in my body. I'm telling you, we need to start delivering, putting our kids in, in the place, the position to receive the presence of God to where it shifts something on the inside of them, to where they become different than the world outside these these walls, amen? Because I'm telling you, if we present that with them and then they decide to run away, if then they decide to run away from the call that's upon their life, listen, listen, that we've done everything we can, amen? But the word says, if we train them up, amen? Even if they do turn, Amen. They'll come back. You know, my pastor, you know, many of y'all in here know who my pastor is. Listen, he was raised up in a Pentecostal style of church. I mean, the gifts were flowing. The presence of God was mine. Amen. When, by the time he hit about 16 to 18 years old, he ran as fast as he can from the call of God upon his life. And not only that, he took his brother with him, got mixed up into drugs and all kinds of, all kinds of amazing things that the world has to offer. But what happened? The Holy Ghost kept on convicting him, kept on grabbing hold of him to where he ended up shifting his life back around at the age 29 or 30. Amen. Why? Because something was instilled upon the inside of him. I mean, he couldn't get away from it. He couldn't get away from it. I was the same way. Amen. I didn't grow up in church. I grew up religious. Amen. Thinking I was saved because I knew all the right answers. Amen. But see, I, I, I got saved at the age of 23. 
Amen. And God, God so, I, mean, I was so excited about the things of God, but I never really entered into that presence, never got to see the fullness of him. And it was really easy for the adversary to move me in a different direction. Amen. You know, I got excited, started, started looking for power, looking for money, looking for authority. Amen. And I had a brilliant idea that it'd be amazing if I could become part of an outlaw biker club. Amen. As a born again Christian. Why? Because they carried power. Amen. They carried money. They carried respect. Amen. I started moving off in that direction, but I tell you, the closer, the harder I started pushing that direction, man, there was something on the inside of me that was saying, no, 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 no. Started pointing me to church, started pointing me to church, started pointing me to, to men of God, started pointing me to his presence. And I'm telling you, it made a shift on the inside of me. I couldn't get away from it. Amen. I finally had to yield into it. I finally had to yield into what he had to say. I finally had to yield and I got myself in the presence of God. And I'm telling you, it took one meeting and it completely changed everything about me. Everything about me. Completely changed everything about me. You say, was it just the Holy Ghost? No, no, praise God. I had, a, I had an amazing wife that actually prayed for me. Are there any praying wives in here? Hmm? I had a praying wife and it wasn't enough for her. She had to get some of her little family friends from the church. She got, she got my mother-in-law. Praise God for mother-in-laws. Amen. And they began to press in and pray and pray and pray and, and give the, uh, the Holy Ghost opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to what? So he could minister back unto me. Until what? Until that light switch got flipped on. I'm telling you, church, we need to be people of prayer. We need to be people seeking out the things of God in our lives. Amen. Thank God for people that pray. Amen. So what do you, what do you say? What am I trying to say here? Listen, church, I know we have, we, have, we have sons and daughters that are outside of the things of God. I understand that. I know that. Amen. Just I, I was one of them myself. Amen. What, so what are we saying? Listen, don't give up on these things. And we need to press in. We, I'm telling you, if, they, if you have a son, you have a daughter that's not serving God, they're in the most dangerous place in their life. Hmm? Let, me, let me say that one more time for you. Let me let that sink in. If you have a son or a daughter that are not serving God right now, I'm telling you, they are in the most dangerous place in their life right now. You say, why is that? Because I'm telling you, you have an adversary that hates you. You have an adversary. If you call yourself a Christian, if you call yourself lined up with the things of God, you have an adversary that's coming after you to destroy them. Amen. See, the word says in John 10, 10, that, that there is a thief. He comes with, to, to steal, to kill and destroy. Amen. So every seed that's gotten sown in them, he's coming. He's doing everything he can to rip that seed out of their heart. He's doing everything he can to kill relationships around them. He's doing everything that he can to destroy them fully. Amen. So what do we do? We read the backside of that verse. That Jesus said, that I came that they might have the abundant life. Amen. Just because they turned away and started walking away from the things of God, just like I did, you know, Jesus still has the abundant light prepared for each and every one of them. If we will yield, if we will pray, if we will stand in the gap. Amen. Are there any people in here that desire to stand in the gap? See, this is what a church family's for. You know, it's not just a social club. No, it's a place to have tea and coffee after service. No, it's people to get down and dirty and do work with one another. Amen. To where we can not only change our families, we can change the city. Amen. But it starts here. Amen. It starts here with, with a group of people. Amen. So what do we do, church? I'll give you a three-point sermon today. What do we do? We pray. 
Amen. We are called to be people of prayer. What is prayer for people that don't know that haven't been in the church? Listen, it's just communication with, with God. Amen. It's sitting back just as I'm talking to you. It's talking with God. Amen. We need to be people of prayer. Amen. Don't ever come complacent. Don't ever be complacent just because you look at your kids and everything looks to be going all right with them. Amen. Everything's going good, man. They, they got a good job. Everything's grand. Amen. They're not, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're happy. Everything's grand. They, they're completely whitewashed on the outside. Everything's grand. They're not in jail. They're grand. Well, I'm telling you, if they're not serving God, I'm telling you, they're in prison. Amen. They're in a prison, but it's just a spiritual prison. Amen. So we got to do what do we got to do. We got to pray. We got to continue to get pressed in. We got to continue to stand on, on, on behalf of these. It is our responsibility as parents. You say, well, I don't have any children. Well, praise the Lord. God's given us spiritual parents as well. Amen. It is our job as a church to pray for these people. You say, well, I've been praying. I just need a little help. Listen, give Kimberly and I a call. Amen. We'll pray with you. We'll stand in the gap. We will, we'll stand in faith with you and we will see these things change. Amen. And there's plenty of people in this church you can trust. Amen. There's plenty of men and women that pray in this church. You can, you can look at Melvin. You can look at Cynthia and Tamara. You can look at Jason and Nadine or Paul. Listen, there's, there is powerful people in here that will stand in the gap and pray and pray and pray until what? Until things change. Amen. Why? Because we've seen it in our own lives. We've seen it in the, you know, throughout the church. And listen, this is what we're here for. Amen. This is what we're here for. You know, my grandmother, who just went on to be with the Lord last week, walked into her victory, dancing on the streets of heaven right now. Glory to God. You know, probably her, her greatest prayer she always talked to me about, she said, you know, I always prayed that one of my sons would be a, would be a minister, would, would be a pastor, would be a missionary. She goes, I prayed, I prayed, I prayed, and I prayed. And all of them went the complete opposite direction. <laughs> Amen. And she said, but you know, when I saw that that, that may not be happening because the choices they're making in their life, she goes, I begin to pray for my grandchildren. I think she had 24. So I begin to pray for my grandchildren. And I'm telling you, the least likely one of them all is the one that answered the call. The least likely one of them all is the one that answered the call. You say, why is that? Thank God for a praying grandmother. Thank God for someone that would, that would continue to pray and won't quit until she receives what she was begging God for, what she was desiring of God. Because how many of y'all know the word says that, that if we pray according to his will, that he hears us. And if he hears us, amen, we, we can have each petition that we, that we lift up to him. Why? Because he is that good. I mean, God is on our side. Amen. He's not against us. He is for us in everything that we do. We just got to yield ourselves unto him. Amen. Listen, just because things don't look like you expect it to look, that don't mean you quit. Hmm? Just because our families don't look, just because your church don't look like, just because your job doesn't look like it should, don't, that don't quit. Don't quit. Stay, continue to press in. Continue to pray. Continue to seek things. Uh, continue to seek the promises of your life. Amen. You know, in Acts chapter 16, there was a promise I grabbed a hold, uh, I grabbed a hold of in 2015, I believe it was. And this is a promise. Is, listen, if you have your Bibles with you, if you don't have a Bible, let me know. I'll get you one after service. But in Acts chapter 16, verse 31, this is a promise each and every one of us should grab a hold of. And I want you to write a note in, this, in, the, in your Bible if you don't have, if not every single person in your, in your household is serving God. You know, Paul, when he was, when he was ministering, 
when he, when he when he was ministering to to the Philippian church and they uh, they they got put in prison and and you know they're sitting there praising and singing God when when they, after they got beat up and they were down in the, in the depths of the prison you know it says that as they were praising everything began to shook and this and this prison guard he was going to kill himself and he said don't oh, don't kill yourself we're all still with you amen and he walked over to him and he said you know what how how can I get saved he says believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved you and all your house. You and all your house. You know, I wrote this in my Bible here in August, uh, August the 9th of 2015. Amen. Now we had, I had my, I had my two sons at this time. Amen. Both of them were, were uh, reborn. Both of them were saved, filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. But we just adopted a new one. Amen. And as that sermon was going forth, as my pastor was preaching, I wrote that in my Bible. I claim this over my family, even my little Chinese girl that has no clue of anything that I'm saying at the moment. Amen. And I claim that. And I want to tell you, in, uh, in April, I believe it was April, it says it was fulfilled, I wrote, of the 12th of April, 2020, right in the middle of COVID. Right in the middle of COVID, we're having a little meeting in our house, a little prayer meeting. Amen. Getting ready for a service. And I'm telling you, the spirit just came upon my wife and she, she looked over at little Lucy and she says, are you, are you ready to receive Jesus? And I mean, if you all know her, she loves Jesus. All she wants to talk about. She's like, she goes, absolutely. And she just put her hands up and started, and started, you know, waiting for us to pray with her. I mean, it was just, it was just that simple. And we laid our hands on her. She started, she started praying in tongues. Why? Because our God is that good. He is that good. I'm telling you, if you talk to her nowadays, I mean, she prays in tongues better than she speaks in English. Amen. Because God is that good. Amen. But mark that little note in your Bible and take a hold of those things. These things are important. Amen. But not only do we need to pray, not only do we need to pray without ceasing, pray consistently. Church, we need to live a lifestyle of Christianity. Amen. Not be counterfeit Christians. Hello. We, we need to be serious and tuned with the things of God. Amen. We need to live out the gospel in our lives. Yeah, let's go, let's go there. In um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Let me read out of I'm going to read let me read a few verses here. In chapter 6 verses 9. It says, "Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God?" He says, "Be not deceived. Be not deceived, neither shall the fornicators, nor the idolaters, nor the adulterers, nor the effeminate, nor the abusers of themselves with mankind or with the same sex." He goes, nor thieves, nor the covetous, nor the drunkards, nor the revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. You know, what, what's he talking about here? What, what, what's, the, what's the Lord talking, talking through Paul here to the church at Corinth? He's saying, listen, if you possess a nature that's outside of righteousness on the inside of you, he says, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, let me correct something in here. He's not saying, he's not saying if you mess up, if you make a mistake, you're done. That's not what he's saying here. Amen. Amen. We don't need to be dogmatic on some of those things. We need, to, we need to understand what he's saying throughout the whole letter to the church at Corinth. He's saying, if you don't have a nature change on the inside of you. See, this is what happens when we get reborn. That nature change happens and, then, and this iniquity and this sin that was on the inside of you, it gets stripped out of you and then Jesus does what? He pours in his nature. He pours in the nature of righteousness on the inside of you. Amen. And what happens when you have a nature of righteousness? It starts producing fruit. It starts producing fruit. It starts producing fruit of righteousness. But see, the same way, if you have a nature of sin and iniquity on the inside of you, if you're still lined up with the kingdom, with the kingdom of this world, how many of you know, thank you, Lord, how many of you know that there are two different kingdoms here? Hmm? 
You have Satan's kingdom, talked about when he's the God of this world in 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, and then you have God's kingdom. Amen? See, see most of us think, listen, if I, I can do whatever I want, I'm, I'm serving myself, I'm my own God, I can do this, I can do that. No, you're not. Amen. You don't serve yourself. You serve one or the other. You serve Satan or you serve the Father. Amen. Did you going to have to choose it? Amen. See, we were born in this world serving Satan. Amen. But see, when we receive Jesus, when we receive that gift that he's given us, he strips that out of you and he makes you completely new. Amen. And then he puts forth what? His righteous nature on the inside of it. We don't have to live in this family anymore. He takes you out of that family and you get to live in this one. You get to live in this one. You get to live in the kingdom family. You get to live in righteousness the rest of your life. You can lift up holy hands, and it's nothing that you had to do to do it. You just had to receive what he had for you. I'm telling you, our God is that good. Our God is that good, but he makes us choose. Amen. He makes us choose. He says, you have the choice to do it. In verse 11, it says, and so were some of you. So were I. He goes, but you are washed. You're sanctified. You're justified by the, by the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. He says, you've been washed. You've been absolutely made clean. You've been, you've been sanctified. You've been set apart. I mean, Jesus completely set apart us from the place of this world. We, don't, we are set apart. We are different than people that are not saved, that are not reborn. I mean, we're different. That's not a good thing. Jesus says, I'm the one that's done that. I've sanctified you. He says, you are justified. You didn't have to do anything to get justified. All you had to do is receive it. All you had to do is receive it. You've been made justified by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit. How I many I know that the Holy Spirit is a deposit, is a guarantee that God has given us, showing us the, the brilliance of what's going to take place in the fullness. Amen? When you get saved, you have the Holy Spirit that comes and he resides on the inside of you. Amen? And he produces a fruit. Some's glory. Some's joy. Some's peace, amen. Some's long suffering, some's goodness, some's gentleness, some's faith, some's meekness, and some's temperance, amen. But he produces a great fruit on the inside of your life when we, when we desire to lend ourselves into it. Let's keep going here. In verse 12, it says, I like how it says it in the New Living here. It says, It says, You say all things are lawful unto me. He goes, But not all things are expedient, not all things are helpful or profitable. All things are not are lawful to me, but, but I will not be brought under the power or the authority. I will not be made a slave to anything. Now listen, church, contrary to what a lot of people think, this is not talking about sin here. Amen. Because listen, sin has never been okay with God. Why? It's not, not because he's looking to send you to hell. God doesn't send people to hell. We choose to go there. Amen. God, God is not looking to do those things. But I'm telling you, sin is dangerous. Why is that? Because it puts a wedge in between you and him. See, the wage of sin has always been death. Amen. It's not that God's trying to kill us. That death is there. It's separation. Amen. And when we sin, we put something of this world, it just it puts a wedge in between us and him. And it's not that God's saying, you know what? I can't be around you anymore. That's not what God has to say. It's us that it says we can't be around him. Why? Because of a guilt and condemnation from ourselves and from, and from the adversary that comes around us. Amen. Amen. See, you, you, can, you can tell it real easy. When people start doing things they shouldn't be doing, the last place you're going to find them is in church. The last place you're going to find them is around the prayer group. The last place you're going to find them is studying the word of God. Why? Because the adversary starts condemning them on the inside because that's the goal of sin. Amen. To separate you from him. So what do we do? We need to grab that thing and jerk it out of, the, jerk it out of our way and get back into his presence. I mean, so this is why he gave us 1 John 1, 9. 
I mean, if we, if we can't confess our sins, I mean, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This is not talking about the unsaved here. This is talking about the Christian. Why? You don't believe me? Go, go to the beginning of chapter one. He says, listen, I'm telling you guys not so you sin. Amen. He's saying, but if you do, we need to go to him for these things. We need to remove that wedge. Amen. And come to him. Amen. To where that wedge can be cleared out. and We can begin to walk in what he has. We can receive correction if we need it. Amen. We can receive love if we need it. We can receive grace. We can receive power to help if we need it. But we do need to go boldly into that throne to receive everything that he has for us, church. Amen. Don't, don't be afraid of those things. I'm telling you, church, when we mess up, we need to start running to, running to the things of God as fast as you can. Amen. It's not something to be embarrassed about. If things, if things get messed up in your life, you run as fast as you can into the kingdom. You run as fast as you can into the throne. You run as fast as you can and get into the presence of God. Why? So all these things can be delivered from you. Amen. It says here, it says here in verse 13, it says, meats are for the belly and bellies are for the meat, but God shall destroy both it and them. Now the body is not for fornication before the Lord and the Lord for the body. And God has not ray and God hath both raised up the Lord and has also raised up us by his own power. Know ye not that your bodies are not members of Christ? Know ye not that your bodies are members, members of Christ? Shall, shall I then take them as members of Christ and make them members to a harlot? He says, God forbid. He goes, what? What? He goes, what? Know ye not that, that, uh, that he which is joined to a harlot is one body? For two, he saith, shall become one flesh. But he that is joined, he that is made in union, him, him that has been welded together with our Lord Jesus, amen, is in one spirit. So flee fornication. Every sin that a man had death without the body, he, he, he commits fornication and sins against his own body. Whew. I can go in a million different directions, but I'll try to keep this light today. He says, but know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you. You have of God. You have not your own. Listen, church, do you know not, if you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost? Hmm? See, these are some basic scriptures here that, that we need to get back to grab and hold of. Do you know, church, that your body, this vessel that you have right here, is a temple of the Holy Ghost? Amen. It's a temple. Listen, you don't have to go to Jerusalem anymore to, to go get into the presence of God. He's living on the inside of you. I mean, I'm telling you, we ought to be taking care. We ought to be minding this vessel. Amen. Why? Because the spirit of God's living on the inside of us. I mean, we need to be taking care of this body. We need to be presenting this body, you know, respectful and honoring to the things of God. Why? Because the, the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us, church. I'm telling you, these, these, are, these are amazing things that we need to grab a hold of. We have the Spirit of God living on the inside of us. He says, for you were bought with a price. He says, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit. <laughs> therefore glorify your uh, God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You have been bought with a price. Church, you're going to have to make the choice. Hmm? It says, glorify your body. See, Jesus didn't say, I'm going to glorify your body for you. I'm going to glorify. No, he says, you make the choice. Make the choice to glorify your body and to glorify your spirit. Amen. Which are of God's. Why? Because they're not yours anymore. And if you've received him, you are owned by him. 
You're owned. You've been bought. You've been purchased with a price. You say, what is that price? That is the price of perfection. It was the price of perfected blood that was given up for each and every one of us. You were purchased for it. You were purchased. Amen. He loved you so much, he, he purchased you with his own life. He purchased you with his own life. Where was that? In 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Yeah, in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 17 and 18, it says, Wherefore, come out from among them. He says, Be separate, says the Lord. Uh, this is, this is uh, uh, Paul quoting out of, out of Isaiah right here. He says, Be separate, says the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. And he says, I will receive you. And I will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord. He goes in verse 1, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh, and, of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the reverence of God. In the reverence of God. I'm telling you, these are, these are powerful, church. I'm telling you, I'm begging you, church. I'm urging you, church, don't fall, don't fall, don't fall game to this counterfeit, this counterfeit church or counterfeit Christianity that's out there. It says, you know what? We need to be more like the world to win the world. Amen. I'm telling you, that's, that's contrary to everything that Jesus has told us. He didn't say be like the world to win them. No, he says be separate from the world and then you can win them. Why? Because the world's looking for something different. You want to know why the mega church movement has dwindled the churches? Because they look just like the world, amen? No, the people that are dying, the people that are hurting, the people that need healing in their bodies, listen, church, they're not looking for someone that's just like them. They're looking for someone that's completely different. They're looking for someone that has the Spirit of God on the inside of them that can make a change in their life. He says, be separate. Allow yourself to be separate. Don't be ashamed to be separate. We are separated. Glory to God. You know, the Lord says in Colossians, he says, I've, I've, I've taken you out. I've, I've translated you out of, the, out of the kingdom of darkness and translated you into the kingdom of, of his dear son. I've taken you out. I've removed you from this kingdom of darkness. I've separated you from that. And, I, and I've translated you into the kingdom of his dear son. Hmm? I'm telling you simple truths, church. Yeah, I've had so many people say here, I've heard it said in the States quite a bit. I've heard it said lots in Ireland, loads of times in Ireland, amen, that we go around and we're like, well, you know, I, just want, I don't want my kids to look different. You know, I, I just want them to be just like, you know, I want them to, to be able to participate, do everything that all these other kids are doing. I, I don't want them to seem different. I want people to look at them different. I don't want people to look like they're strange. And I'm telling you, that that. Is compromise, church. It's compromise. Don't allow this compromise to come into your life. I mean, we, we've been created to be different. I'm telling you, I'm thankful that our kids are different. Amen. I'm telling you, my children, I want them to be looked at different. If they're not looked at different, I'm telling you, I'm doing something wrong. Amen. I want the people of the world saying, what's wrong with that kid? Why, why, why does he not want to watch the same things I want to watch? Why does he not talk the way I talk? Why does he want to pray about everything? Why is that weird language coming out of his mouth when he starts praying? Listen, church, this is what we are desire for our kids to have. Not be ashamed of it. 
Don't be ashamed of it. We need to desire these things to happen. We need to desire for these. And I'm not saying I'm perfect, church, but listen, us as a body, we need to be moving in that direction, amen, to where we desire our kids to be just like we are. You know, see, people have grown up, and, you know, and, you, and over here, there's not maybe in the South, at least, there's not a lot of second and third and fourth generation Christians, amen. But, but listen, listen, they, they're, they're all over in the States, Amen. I, I tell you, I see it every time when, when parents don't, don't, don't train their kids up to, to follow the things of God. They train them to, to be more like the world because I want them to be like the world so people don't judge them strangely. Amen. I'm telling you, almost, I won't blanket it, but, but almost probably 95% of the time these kids don't serve God. They don't serve God. Why? Because they've been trained up to think it's better for the world to like us than Jesus to like us. Amen. And we need, we need to, we need to be minding the things that we're doing and minding the things that we're allowing. Amen. We are called to train up our children. We're not called to raise them up. You know, people, call, I mean, people will quote that verse all the time. I'm going to raise up my kids in the way that they should go. No, you're not called to raise up your children. You're called to train them up. You're called to train them up in the way that they should go. Train them up in the ways that they should go. Listen, we got, we cannot be compartmentalized Christians. Ooh, am I, am I, am I sticking, am I kind of poking any, any, any sides here today? Amen. Listen, church, we can't be compartmentalized Christians. See, this, this, this is that danger. See, I preached this for years. Amen. I preach what I, I preach against right now. Oh, if we can just get our priorities right, man, if you can just, if you can just get it to where it's God and then you get it to where it's your family and then it's your ministry and then it's your job, you know, everything's going to work out right. That's that, cause that's the way God's calling. We just got to get our priority list in check. That is absolute rubbish church. You can't have a compartmentalized heart where, oh, I got a little bit for Jesus here, and I got a little bit for my family here, and I got a little bit for my work, and I got a little bit for my bank account, and I got a little bit for my hobbies, and I got a little bit for my job. Listen, church, that's absolutely rubbish. You can only have one compartment in your life. I'm telling you, that's Jesus. You can only have one priority in your life. That is Jesus, full stop. You say, well, where is a good family coming? When you, get, when you have that priority as Jesus in your life, then a healthy family comes out of that. Then an amazing ministry comes comes out of that. Then your job place becomes a ministry, not just a place where you earn a few quid. Amen. Then your, your family begin to start serving God. Then your hobbies aren't just hobbies. Amen. It's something that you're getting out there doing and it's drawing people into the kingdom. Why? Because everything is situated around this one priority. And that's Jesus. That's Jesus. One compartment. And it's Jesus. One compartment. Everyone say one compartment. Because we are different. We are different. That's what the world calls us. That's what the word calls us. You know, probably one of my favorite scriptures in the word is 1 Peter 1.9. It says, you are a chosen generation. Hmm? You are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. See, the Lord made us a holy nation. It's not, it's not just one that's sitting over there in the Middle East. No, no, the church is a holy nation. I don't care what denomination you are. Amen. The church is a holy nation. We are a royal priesthood. We don't have to go to the priest. We are the priests. We are the ones that deliver people unto our Father. Amen. We are the priesthood. This is what Jesus made us to be. Amen. It says you are a peculiar people. A fascinating word. You're a peculiar people. That Greek word is peripoesis. 
probably my favorite Greek word. What does it mean? It means exclusively owned or exclusively possessed by another. So why do we translate that Greek word peripoesis into peculiar? Why? Because I'm telling you, we look very strange into the world. Amen. Why? Because we're not owned by the same thing that they're owned by. We're owned by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We're owned by the Father himself. We've been taken out of that family and been placed into another family. We are strange, amen, to people that aren't part of this family. It's not something to be ashamed of, amen. It's something to grab a hold of, amen. That ought to be our greatest, our greatest goal is all those people that look at us that are different, we ought to be grabbing them out of the pits of hell and bringing them in to where they look weird just like us, amen, where they believe, they believe the word of God over anything else in their life. Amen. They spend their Sundays and their Wednesdays seeking out the things of God where they actually pray, where they actually seek out the word on their own behalf. Not because they have to, because they get to. Amen. A peculiar people. Allow your children to be peculiar. Amen. Allow them to be strange. Allow them to be different. Allow them to be possessed and owned by Jesus. Amen. Listen, I'll end with this here. We, we need to train up our children. Not only do we need to pray for them, not only do we need to live the gospel, listen, church, we need to train them up. We have got to train them up, just like I said earlier. It didn't say raise them up. We need to be training them up. Amen. Proverbs 22, it says, train up a child in the way that they should go, and when they're old, they shall not depart. We are called to train them up. The Hebrew word there is, is uh, kanak, amen, and it literally means to train or to dedicate. Amen. It's it's used in two different fashions or, or two different examples here to train or to dedicate. It's like rubbing, rubbing oil or rubbing dates on, a, on the palate of a young child. So when they had a little child, they would, they would dedicate them. They would train them up. They'd start rubbing, rubbing this oil, rubbing, this, rubbing their palate with the food that they would eat. Why? So when they grew up, it was something that was familiar to them. Amen. They, they already liked it. Why? Because it was, it was, it was on their palate even as an infant. Amen. Another way it's used is, is, is in training a horse and making it submissive by putting a rope or a bit in its mouth. Amen. It's training them up, training up the horse. Yeah. We got several people in here that ride horses. I don't know if anyone that rides a horse without reins or a bit in their mouth. Amen. Why? Because that may be a funky ride. Amen. You may not stay on too long. See, this is, this is training them up. We, but we got to train up the horses to, to, be in, to be in that direction. You know, when I was, you know, I grew up in the city and my wife grew up in a, on a ranch out in West Texas. And, and we got a, a couple acres outside of Houston. You know, we got a few horses and she taught me how to ride. Amen. And these horses we had, they're, they're amazing. They were so gentle. They're, they were yeah, quarter horses, which I, I love and adore, amen, but, they, but they, were, they were so easily trained, amen, that you could just lay a rein on the side of the neck and they'd, they'd go the direction you wanted to go. You could just ease your knee into their side and they'd go that direction. You didn't have to pull them. You didn't have to jerk them. Amen. How many of y'all know that, that the harder we pull, the harder we jerk them, it, it starts, you know, callousing those nerves in their mouth, amen, and then you got to pull harder and you got to pull harder. Amen. But see, we can train just to have a nice gentle touch. Amen. We can lead them. We can guide them. We can move them in the right direction. We can make them submissive. Amen. Now, when we're going to train up children. Listen, what, what, are we, what are we training them up? What are we trying to get them submissive to? It's not our ways. Amen. See, a lot of them are like, I don't want my kids to be like me. I don't want my kids to be like me because I know what my life was like. Amen. I want my kids to be like Jesus. 
Amen. I want them to be like, like, like Jesus, the one that walked here on this earth. I want them to walk in perfection. I want them to walk in more power than I do. I want them to pray more than I do. I want them to, to, to desire church more than I do. I want them to be better than I am, not, not where I am. So what do we do? We gently put that, that, that lead in their mouth. Amen. And we gently, you know, lead them into the direction they should go. We, we gently, you know, get them in church. We, we start rubbing Jesus on the palate of their mouth. Amen. So they can receive the things that, that God has for them. Amen. And we got to train them up and we got to train them up and we got to train them up. You see, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter when you get to be 16 or 18 years old. We need to be training up and training up and training up and training up and training up. See, Harley's agreeing back. Can you hear him back there? He's saying, amen, pastor, preach on, train them up, train them up. You know, rub Jesus on the power of that mouth. Amen. Keep rubbing, rubbing church on the power of their mouth. I'm telling you, you don't, you don't rub the church on the power of their mouth. It's going to be something foreign to them when they get older. Amen. It's going to be very easy for them to walk away. It was hard to get me into church. Why? Because I didn't grow up in church. Amen. I'm telling you, we get, when we grow up in the things of God, it's hard to, to walk away from those things when we get older. Amen. I like how the passion says that. It says, dedicate, dedicate your children unto God. Point them in the way that they should go. And the values they've learned from you will be with them. Amen. How many of you know that, that our relationship we have with our children? Leah, why don't you go ahead and come up here. How, do you, how many of y'all know that the relationship we have with our children? Amen. Is not, you know, God's not looking at us to, to find fault in everything that we've done wrong. Like I said before, I've probably done more things wrong than any of you in here. Amen. But see, that relationship that we have, it's, it's, it's a complete model to where it makes it so easy for them to love our Father. Amen. And when we spend time with them, when we desire to train them up, when we want good things for them, amen. I mean, it's a, it's a complete model, a complete model, you know, of how, how much our Father loves each and every one of us. Pull it down just a little bit. A complete model for each and every one of us. You know, Psalms 127 verse 3 says in the New American, it says, Behold, children are a gift. They're a heritage of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. In Deuteronomy 6, verse 4 and 7, familiar scriptures for all of us, it says, Hear, O Israel, hear, O island church in Dundalk. He says, The Lord our God is one, and you shall love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. And these words, which I command thee this day, they shall not, they shall be in your heart. And you shall teach them diligently unto your children. You shall talk with them. You shall sit in thy house. When you, when you walk upon the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. See, the Lord not only cares about the things that we're talking about, the things, we're, you know, the, the things that we're doing in our lives. Listen, church, he's, he, he cares about this next generation. He has given each and every one of us a job. He says, you get filled up with the word of God. Meditate on the word of God. Why? So when you get around these young ones, you can begin to teach it to them. Not, not, not just once a day, when you, when you rise up and, when, you're, and when, you're, when you go back to sleep. When you're walking down the path and when you're running. Everything we ought to be doing, listen, it needs to be focused. It needs to be centered around Jesus, our priority in our life. Amen. And it will produce amazing children that are serving God and doing some amazing things for the kingdom. Amen. I'm telling you, our, our, our God, he's, he has a, 
He has a generational legacy that we need to, we need to start getting hooked up with. Everything we do here in this church, amen, it's for that next generation. Everything. That's why we desire to teach the word of God. Yeah, I want, I want you, I want you filled up. I want you to go do amazing things. But listen, I want you filled up for number one is so you can minister those things into your children. Amen. To you, to where you don't get lost off path. You don't get discouraged. You don't allow the, the adversary to come and, and get you, get you beat down and trodden. Amen. This is why we teach. This is why we meet. This is why we come together. These things are important because we got a job to do. We have a job to do. Everything we do, it ought to be promoting them to walk in more power, to walk in more authority. I can't wait to hand off the torch one of these days. Amen. I can't wait to where my son just doesn't lay hands on, on one of my kids to, to, to see healing. Amen. By when, when he stands outside the four walls of these church and him and Tyler are out, are out laying hands on the sick and crowds start coming around them and they start revealing Jesus. That, that is what gets me stoked. That's what gets me moved. To see, to see little Harley back there. Amen. Doing amazing things for the kingdom of God. Why? Because his parents sowed into it. And th- this is what it's about. This is why we meet. Not to stop with us. We're not, the, we're not the end all. I'm telling you now. You want to know what an American gospel looks like? That's what it looks like. Everything focused on me. But everything ought to be focused on that next generation because that's the way our God sees things. Amen. But there's one thing we need to do, church, before we can raise up that generation, before we can dedicate that next generation. Church, we need to be 100% sold out to the things of God. And I don't mean just a little bit sold out. I'm talking about we need to get sold out to the things of God. We need to get reborn. We need to allow him to minister unto us. So listen, with every head, every head, every head bowed and every eye closed, Listen, for all you new people that have been here, listen, I don't, I don't do these kind of altar calls. I don't, I don't, I don't, I rarely will give the opportunity for someone to, to receive Jesus unless the Holy Ghost asks me to do it. So before we move on with this, I just want to give you the opportunity with everyone's head bowed where they're not paying attention. I'm not going to call you up here. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm saying if, if that's you today, because the Holy Ghost is pointing you out. If that's you today, I say to slip up your hand real quick. We'll pray where you're at. Amen. We'll pray as a church family. We're not, we're not going to embarrass you. If you want to see, if you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and savior, to slip up your hand real quick. And I'm not going to belabor this. I'm not going to belabor this, but listen, church, I'm telling you, it's something, if you don't know about it, when you walk outside the four walls of this church, if you don't know that you're going to be in the presence of God with eternity, listen, you need to get that change. You need to get that, that settled in your heart right now. Right now, because I'm telling you, there's an adversary that's coming after you. And we need, to, we need to settle those things in our heart. We need to allow ourselves to be ministered to him. We need to allow ourselves to be reborn. So I'm going to ask you one more time, and we're going to move on from there. If that's you, just slip your hand up real quick. Just slip your hand up real quick. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. We will move on from there. I'll ask uh, Lane, will you go up there and, and get, the, get them? I'm going to ask the parents to come up here. 
the parents of the ones that are getting their children dedicated. Let me be a little more specific there. <laughs> and you can take your time because I they're gonna need uh, we're gonna need them to come down. But many people might ask us, why do we do a dedication service? What's the point of it? Listen, it's not. It is not bringing salvation under our children. Amen. But see, Romans 10, 9, 10, it tells us the, it tells us the, the strategy to get saved. And we got to believe in our heart. We got to confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus. Amen. It's as simple as that. So what are we doing here? We're just releasing our kids. We are dedicating them. It's something that's been done throughout the Bible for generations. I mean, you can look in, in 1 Samuel chapter 1. And you'll see that Hannah, she dedicated, she dedicated her son who was Samuel, amen, which became an amazing prophet. He's the one that, that dedicated, uh, he was the one that was, uh, that anointed David and Saul to be king. He had an amazing legacy. And we can see even in Luke chapter two, amen, Luke chapter two, you know, uh, Joseph and Mary, they dedicated their, their son, Jesus in the temple. And that's what we're going to do today. Following suit with our king. <laughs> ah, they're so beautiful. Here we got coming. Just a few more. Hallelujah. All right, parents. I think you can come on now. get on the side. That way I can speak to you. Is there one more? Is there? Hi. Lee and Phil. Come on up here. Amen. Amen. So how we're going to do this is we are, we're going to take a vow. Amen. We're going to commit ourselves. And after we get done with them, church, I'm coming to you. Amen. Because you are our family. Amen. And we're going to come into agreement and we'll take a vow to raise up these children in the, in the ways as they should go. Amen. So I'll say your parents, you guys, you have freely come up here. You freely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't forget her. She, <laughs> Is that it? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, parents, now that you have freely come up here, you're, we, we, I want you to just say after I do, not, you don't have to say I do like we're getting married, but you can say, you say we do. Amen. Now, do, are you committing your children unto the Lord today? Hello? Yeah. Amen. Y'all, y'all can speak. This is, this is a, this is a, uh, this is a, gonna be a two part series here. Amen. So if you're, if you're willingly doing these things, we, we say, you know, in the partnership with this church, amen, do you, do you vow to God 
to raise up these children, to pray for these children. I'm not done yet, Jason. To pray for these children. Amen. To train up these children. Amen. And to model a Christian lifestyle to every one of these that are sitting up here today. We do? Amen. Now, church family. You got one more coming. Now, church family, I ask you guys to stand to your feet. And listen, as we say, this is, these, are simple, these are simple words we're speaking here, but they, they carry a lot of weight. Amen? Because we're not just making a vow to one another. We're making a vow before God. Amen? So, church family, I want you to answer me. Do you vow to be led by God? Amen, to be, to be a faithful member of the body. Amen, to help pray. To help live a godly Christian lifestyle. To tr- help train up these children in the way that they should go. To where one day they will, they will desire to serve our King Jesus. You do? Amen, well, thank you. Huh? Yeah, I do. Yeah, so we're going to pray. And then we at our church, we, we believe in the, in the prayer of contact and transmission. Amen. So we are going to pray. We're going we're to lay hands on your children. Amen. And then we're going to have an amazing song that uh, Leah and Brian are going are gonna to sing for us. And then I have a certificates I want you guys to sign as a proof. Amen. Of the declaration of the vow that you've made unto the Lord today. Amen. So Father, we thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you, Lord. Lord. We thank you, Lord, for these children, Lord, that you, have, that you have brought into this church, that you have brought into these families. Lord, you heard their commitment, Lord. They are, they are committing themselves to pray consistently for these children. They're committing themselves to, to live a Christian lifestyle. They're committing themselves to train them up in the ways that they should go, Lord. For when they get older, they shall not depart, but they will serve you all the days of their life. So we thank you, Lord, according to your law of contact and transmission, as as we lay hands on these children, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that the giftings and the callings of God that you have upon each and every one of them, that that they are released, that they are going to be a blessing, that they will serve you all the days of their life. So we thank you for it, Lord. We glorify you for it in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, for all the amazing calls, (laughs) the amazing calls that you have upon these children. Yes, Harley. We thank you, Lord, for that amazing call. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that their destinies will be revealed. Yes. (laughs) We thank you for it, Lord. We thank you for this. That's right. That's right. We thank you, Lord. Those things are released right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you for it, Lord. We thank you for it, Lord. <laughs> we thank you for it, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, that your, your word says that your callings, your giftings and your callings are without repentance. That they're, they're without repentance. We thank you, Lord, that they shall walk, they shall talk. They should be more Jesus-like than even that, that we are, Lord. That they're going to do greater exploits than we've ever dreamed of. We think they're going to walk with a greater measure of power, a greater measure of authority. We thank you, Lord, they're going to lay hands on more sick than we ever dreamed of. And they're going to see each and every one of them recover. 
We thank you, Lord, they will speak in new tongues. If they do take up serpents, they drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm them. We thank you, Lord, they'll be mirror image bearers of Jesus every day of their life. That there will be no backsliding. There will be no turning from left to right. Lord, but they will pursue you every moment, every hour, and every year of their life. Lord, we thank you for them, Lord. We release them over to you. We thank you for it, Lord. We thank you for wisdom over these parents, wisdom over the congregation. Lord, we thank you for this amazing family you've brought them into. We consider it an absolute privilege and an honor to be part with them, Lord. So we thank you for it, Lord. We glorify you for it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, guys. Yeah. Well, I want you guys to come up here first. And sign. Come up here. Yeah. You okay? Can you, can you step up here? Can you step up here? Yep. And you had to sign here. All right. And just in case you're wondering, these certificates say, on July 11th, 2021, each one of these family members dedicate their child to the Lord, promising to train them according to the word of God in Proverbs 22, 6 and Deuteronomy 6, 7 with the support and part- partnership of the church family. Amen. All right, you want to come up? Jay?
guys, we'll go ahead and close the service there. Amen. What do you think about Jax? You ready to close? <laughs> All right. Well, Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for this amazing opportunity, Lord, to, to come together as a family, Lord, to dedicate these children back unto you. <laughs> and as is the tradition of this church, Lord, we stand hold of Psalms 91. Lord says that no evil will befall us, neither shall any plague come nigh our dwelling place. Lord, if you give your angels charge of us to keep us in, in all of our ways, Lord, to keep our children in all of our ways, Lord, we thank you for it, Lord. We glorify you for it. We commit ourselves to be people, to be children that are caught up in the secret place of the Most High, abiding under the shadow of the Almighty, Lord. So we glorify you, Lord. We, we worship you for it, Lord. Lord, we thank you for this church. We thank you for our families. We thank you for the body of Christ that you have brought together. Lord, we glorify you. We honor you for it. We thank you for the ambassadors of Christ. You've called each and every one of us to be thanking you, Lord, here. That island church, we're covered by the blood. We're empowered by the word. And we're anointed by the Holy Ghost. Amen. We are so glad you could join us for our latest message. We are located right in the center of the town. And we would love for you to call in and see us. Details are on our website at islandchurchdundalk.ie